Hey, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight, Pastor Beverly is going to be delivering the word, and it's going to be good. I want to talk to you just for a moment. Uh, just in looking at life today, we have interesting objectives, things to cross over, thing to, things to shrug off, and, and areas to go forward to. You know, when I look at David's life, David was an incredible individual. And he, we see his life from being a shepherd boy all the way to becoming king. And every stage of the way, there was troubles, there were trials, there were issues that he had to face. And in each one of them, God was with him. God moved with him through his life till he, get, <coughs> till he got to his destiny. And I, I believe that God allows us to go through situations in life to only prepare us for a bright future. You know, I look back over my life and I look at some of the things that we have been through and just in our marriage and, and the time that we've been married. And uh, I, I see how God has actually begun to shift us into other areas, into other places, and doing other things. And there are things that I would have never been exposed to. There's things that I would have never entered into if I would have stayed where I was. I was content, I was happy, I was satisfied where I was. But God had other plans. And God shifted some things in our life. He moved some things around to get us on course to do what he wanted us to do. And so as a result of that, we were exposed to a different level, a different place, different understanding, different revelation. So in, in every stage of our life, as we walk this life out, every one of us go through struggles and we go through problems, we go through issues, but I have to say, God will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. He'll walk you through the issues. I was preaching Sunday from 1 Samuel chapter 30, and I just can't get away from this, and, and it says in, in verse, six, verse 6 that David was greatly distressed for the, the people spake of stoning him because of the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man of his sons and his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, a lot of times in our life, we, we have a hard time getting everybody to come into agreement, to, to encourage us. And sometimes we feel like that we're either isolated or we've been separated, but I have to tell you that you can never be separated from the love of God. Amen. He will walk with you. He will talk with you. And David understood that his God was going to see him through. Amen. And I believe that when we call upon him, no matter where we are in life, whether we're going from one level of faith to the next level of faith, from one area of victory to the next level of victory, he's walking with us. And he's showing us, teaching us, he's guiding our steps, and, he's, and he, will, he will continue all the way through our life as we follow him to walk with us and to talk with us. And it says in and verse 8, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? You know, I think many times we take things in our own hands and we can miss what God has for us. But David began to understand through his life, I need to ask God what he wants me to do. 
Now, if you read this story, it would, it would seem just by natural reasoning, yeah, I need to pursue these people and get my family back and get all my goods back and, and everything. But David was inquiring of the Lord, Lord, are you going to be with me? You going to help me in this situation? Should I pursue? And the Lord said to him, pursue, and I will, I will give you the enemy in your hands, and you will recover all. You know, many people in our life today in the situations that we see in this world are having some struggles, having some hard times. But the Word tells us that David recovered everything. And this, I believe, is a word for the church today, that we're going to recover all. That no matter what you have lost, no matter what struggles you have been going through, you're going to recapture that. But the interesting part here was that David <laughs> didn't just recapture everything. He didn't just recover all that was stolen from him or that he had lost. But he, he also was able to take spoils. In other words, he had all of his cattle back. He had all of his herds back. But there were herds that were out there that had no more owners because David and them wiped them out. An increase came in David's life that day. In fact, the word even says this is spoils of David. I think it's powerful. I think, I think it, we can, we can mm -hmm. meditate upon this no matter where we are in life, knowing that God's people are going to overcome and we're going to win. So... As we're going through this message today and as uh, Beverly is going to be talking with us and we're going to be interacting here, get your Bible, get a piece of paper, get your pencil, write some notes down, call somebody, tell them to tune in, uh, message people on Facebook and tell them, hey, we're live right now and I believe that this word is going to be an encouraging word for whoever's watching today. No? Well, I want to pick up, um, hopefully you were able to view last Tuesday. If you weren't, you might want to check it out at some point. Um, I took a good bit of time speaking on the importance of our words and the power of our words. You know, uh, God spoke creation into place. And then he gave man, Adam at that point, but he gave mankind dominion. When Jesus was upon the earth, Jesus said, Greater things than what I've done shall you do because I'm going to my Father. And so we understand that we have power in our words. There are verses that we use frequently, but I have been pulling from some different verses. But some of the common verses that are used are the, the verses that say that bitter and sweet can't come from the same fountain and that with the same mouth, you know, that uh, we speak uh, life and death. And, and the Bible goes on to say that when we are speaking in these ways, negative and positive at the same time, that these things ought not so to be. You know, God's, God's not pleased with us doing that. Now, we knew somebody a long time ago, I remember, that uh, they were kind of overboard with some of this, and they went through a phase where they only wanted everybody to speak in Scripture. Okay, uh, their, their family members came and talked to us and everything else. We're like, okay, you can't live a real life and communicate and carry on life if all you're doing is speaking in Scripture. That is just so not realistic, okay? So we have to be able to talk. And I want everybody to understand that I'm not 
condemning anyone because at times when your heart is broken and when you're stressed out and you're fearful, you're going to go to the people that are in your life, hopefully to godly people or people that have sound doctrine, good uh, counsel that they can give you. And you're going to talk to them, hey, I'm struggling with this and this and this and I need help. I need a miracle. I need somebody to fight with me. I need somebody to speak into my life and into this situation. And, and you go to people like that. That's not the same thing that I'm talking about or that the scripture's talking about when it's talking about people that are speaking negativity all the time as far as being murmurers and complainers, you know, and I'm going to hit on some of that tonight. Last week, I focused more on an aspect of we silence the avenger, both it it says it in Psalms, also it says it again in um, Matthew, I believe it is, it's in the New Testament, and I'll I'll give you those verses again just in case you weren't with us last week before uh, we closed the broadcast today. I'll give you those verses again that says that, um, that with our mouth, We have the ability and the authority to initiate praise and thereby still the avenger. And the word still there means to silence. So, you know, when I caught revelation of these verses, like, I don't know, some 30 years ago, I am a worshiper and I'm a singer. And I know you don't have to be a singer to be a worshiper. Let me clarify that. But I am a worshiper and I, I love to worship the Lord and honor him and, and magnify him. And so when I came across this verse and it really became revelation to me that with my praise, I can still and silence my enemy. Wow. How awesome is that? So I need to let my mouth be filled with praise. Now, we also know that it's out of the abundance of the heart that our mouth speaks. So my heart needs to be filled with praise so that then out of my mouth will come praise. And when I'm doing that, praise is a weapon of our warfare. So when I'm engaging in praise and magnifying the Lord, making him bigger than my problems, I am silencing the avenger of my soul. Now, tonight we're going to start off by going into some Old Testament passages. I'll probably read a few verses here in Deuteronomy chapter 1. And we're at a, as this chapter begins in Deuteronomy 1, uh, verse 1, I'm not reading it, but I'm just telling you what's going on here. And we're going to read some verses later on. We'll probably pick up around uh, verse 25, maybe some others. I don't know. But uh, Moses uh, was being commanded by God to leave Horeb. You know, he had been in that mountain long enough. It's kind of like you said something while ago, and it reminded me of that message I preached a long time ago. You have stayed in this mountain long enough. That's what God said to Moses. You know, you've been here long enough. It's time for you to get out of here and go do something, okay? Make a change. So Moses has been commanded to get out of Horeb. And so as it goes on down, he's appointing leaders around verse 9. If you're, to read, if you're reading it or making notes and go back and read it later, around verse 9, he's starting to appoint some leaders that are going to work with him. I do want to read to you verse 11 because this is, I think, an encouraging word that all of 
of us need to grasp and hold up. Verse 11 says, may the Lord, the God of your ancestors, increase you a thousand times and bless you as he has promised. You know what? That is the heart of a father. A father wants to bless his seed. A father wants to increase his seed. And that's what God God says here, verse 11. I'll read it again. The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as ye are and bless you as he has promised you. He wants to increase you and bless you. Okay, let's jump on down now. And and this is the familiar story where 12 uh, men were sent, you know, to go in and spy out the land. Okay, so um, we're going to see here. Let's see what verse we're going to begin with, I think. Verse 25, Um, I'm going to read it to you out of a different version. I'm sorry, I got a few versions up here. Verse 25 says, And they took the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us, and brought us word again and said, It is a good land which the Lord our God doth give us. Now, that is, as we know, a positive declaration. It's a good land that the Lord our God has given us. But, basically what the next word is, it says notwithstanding. It says, but you would not go up, but you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. And you murmured. Okay, here we come in with these negative words. We're going to talk about what happens when we allow the murmuring and the complaining to come. God has destined victories and breakthroughs for us, but the reality is we can cancel our breakthroughs by our complaints. So verse 27 says, And you murmured in your tents, and you said, Because the Lord hated us, he has brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. I am convinced that in the pandemic and the situations that have been going on the past several months, that there are some people who have felt like God hated them because so many trials and problems have come to our, not only our land, our nation, but worldwide, you know, and not just the pandemic situations. Uh, We prayed on this broadcast a few weeks ago for a family that their daughter was having surgery uh, for cancer on that Friday, I think that was two weeks ago, and today they messaged me and said, the doctors have called, our daughter's got to come back in for another surgery. And this family has lost several members to COVID and to other situations since the pandemic began. It's just been trial after trial after trial. And when things are going wrong in our life, you know, we're humans and sometimes we can think, God, where are you? You know, you're not hearing my cry. You're not, you're not attending your ear to, to my supplications, to my prayers, to me crying out to you. And where are you, God? And can even think, well, God hates us, but God does not hate us. God loves us. God does not bring the calamities and the problems our way. But there are times he allows these situations to come our way because he's bringing forth the betterment of us. He's challenging us to grow in the midst of the adversities and he's seeing how mature we are and how much we have grown in him by the way we handle the challenges that come our way. And the tendency is to murmur and complain. And I'm challenging you 
to take and put into action the verses that my husband preaches from all the time in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. When those thoughts of negativity and complaint and murmuring come your way, cast those down because they don't exalt Christ. So we are to cast down those thoughts, those imaginations, if they don't exalt the Lord. That's what the Word of God has told us to do. And so we need to put these verses into practice. It's not good enough just to know the verses and quote the verses. We need to put them into practice. And if you will, in the midst, you know, if you will, you know, if you will have a heart like Job did, Even though everything was going terrible in Job's life, he praised God anyway. There's a passage uh, uh, about uh, David where even though David was going through so many challenges, it says, yet I will praise him. David had what we call a yet praise. He would yet praise God in the midst of how everything was going on. When you and I can mature in our walk with God to the place that no matter how bad things are going on around us, we're still going to honor and praise and magnify God. We're going to find that our perspective about all the issues at hand is going to change if we will put ourselves in that position to praise. And remember, when you praise, you are stilling and silencing the Avenger. Okay, we're going to read a few more verses. I know my husband's going to be ready to jump in here in a minute in our discussion. I'm beginning now. I'm still in Deuteronomy 1, and uh, we read 25 through 27. We're picking up with 28, and it says, uh, Whether shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people are greater They're taller than we are. The cities are great and they're walled up to the heavens. And moreover, we've seen the sons of the Anakims there, which means the giants. Then I said unto you, dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Y'all, how quickly we can forget. When problems surround us, we can forget what God just did for us yesterday because we allow our focus to be on everything else. This month of August, our ministry's theme that we're following is refocus. You know, this is 2020 and everybody began the year with their prophecies talking about uh, 2020 and what does that mean in perfect vision. Well, you know what? A lot of us have gotten off focus with all the challenges that have come our way. It's time to refocus. We have to realign ourselves and we have to reassess situations from time to time as we're going through the different challenges that come our way. We've got to remind ourselves of what God has done for us and that's going to build our faith so we can continue to persevere in the fight that is at hand. In verse 31, it says, And in the wilderness, where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bare thee as a man doth bear his son, in all the way that ye went until ye came to this place, yet in this thing you did not believe the Lord your God, who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents in fire by night to show you by what way you should go in a cloud by day. And the Lord heard the voice of your words and he was wroth 
And he sware, saying, Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see the good land which I swear to give unto your fathers. So out of our mouth, we can either create a mountain or we can move a mountain. Out of our mouth, we have that authority. They had been promised this land, but because of their complaining, because even though God kept giving them promises, even though they saw how God brought them out of Egypt, they refused to believe and stand on the promises of the word of the Lord. Instead, they allowed themselves to become a bitter people and they turned to murmuring and complaining. Wow. And because of that, they canceled their own destiny and God's judgment came upon them he became angry and he said none of you are going to be able to go into this land I, I, I'm telling you the natural thing for all of us you know we turn on the news and we want to complain we turn on you know we, we, we hear a, a, a doctor's report or a report of a, a CDC or, or whatever's going on and, and the natural thing is we want to complain we got to catch those things before they start coming out of our mouth and before we sowing negative seed even to others you know people that are in our world are looking to see do we really believe in the God that we claim to serve you see this is the reason that God got upset with them was they didn't believe his promises and they complained. So we don't want to be guilty of that. And we don't want to cancel our destiny by our own mouth, by our own confessions or professions, you know. We need to instead be prophesying our destiny and prophesying the revival that is yet coming and prophesying that God is going to bring us through every situation. He promised never to leave us, never to forsake us. He already paid the price for our healing. He is a way maker. He's working for us in ways that we don't see. He's never going to do it the way we think he's going to do it because why? Because he wants and deserves and, and is uh, worthy of receiving all the glory. So out of our mouth, we can either create a mountain or move a mountain. Many people have a complex of despair or agony about their past. They can never look out beyond their present to see their future, they're always holding on to hurt or disappointment. God will not give you that which you chose to cancel. He won't go past your will to bless you. We are not talking about things being delayed, but actually canceled. In this scripture, their promise was not delayed. Their promise was put off, was, was canceled because of their complaints. So we go back to Deuteronomy, same passage, but in chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, God had previously made all these promises to them, which they just threw out the window. How frequently do we do that? We make excuses because we're just human. Yeah, we're just human, but we've been saved. We've been saved, and we are supernatural beings, and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are dwelling inside of us, so we ought to know better. And we ought to do better. The, verse 6, uh, Deuteronomy 1, 6 says, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this mountain. Turn 
and take your journey and go to the Mount of the Amorites and to all the places nigh there unto, in the plain, in the hills, in the vale, and in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of Canaanites, and unto Lebanon, unto the great river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. God's saying, I gave this to you. All you got to do is go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob to give to them and to their seed after them. All you got to do is go in and possess it. The word Horeb in Hebrew is Korab, and it means to parch, to desolate, to destroy, to decay, to destroy by drying, to slay, or to make waste. God told them, you were in a broken place in Horeb. You've stayed in this broken situation. Listen, this is to somebody watching right now. You've stayed in your broken situation long enough. God's saying, get up, get out, and go possess the promises that I've given you. Don't worry about what it looks like, but you've got to act on faith for what you know God has promised you. And don't just talk about the negatives or the what seems to be impossibilities around you. Decree the word of the Lord. Prophesy the word of the Lord and take possession of the promises he's given you. God told them they were in a broken situation, a desolate and dry situation long enough. Pack up your belongings and get out of here. That's what God said. Their situation did not come because of what they saw. Listen to this. It was because of what somebody else saw. The spies were sent in. They came back with a report. And they allowed themselves to mumble, murmur, complain, and lost out on their destiny because they were acting off of what a tail-bearer brought to them, and so they believed it. if you go back it. to verse 28, I think, I think it was 28 or 29, it says, our brothers have discouraged our hearts. Mm. Wow, yep. So when we allow people to, to speak things into our life and, and to discourage us from our dreams, our future, then it impacts us in a, in a, a negative way. So you have to surround yourself with people that, that have like kind of faith and can help propel you into where you're going. What, what would have taken place then if somebody would have came back or the whole, all the spies would have came back and said, let's go right now. Right. We can take this. We can Look, take man, it. This, mm -hmm. this is unbelievable mm -hmm. what God's given to us. But yeah. the brothers discouraged their hearts. Then you got two that comes back with a good report. It, it's amazing how that that uh, the percentage of people like to stay in the negative side of life than to go to the positive side and see the good of what God is doing and what he's trying to bring forth. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I w as we're talking about this and we're talking about that they allowed themselves to be so influenced by what others saw and others told them, you and I have got to get the losers out of our ears. Stop lending our ears to the, to the voice of those that are losers. No one can steal what God has promised to you until you start talking like you have lost the promise. 
till you buy into the lies of the enemy. We've had the privilege this summer to keep our grandsons for a few weeks, and we just adore those boys. They are precious, and I mean, and it's so adorable. They they love the Lord wholeheartedly, but they were playing video games the other day, and so um, the younger one, we heard, you know, we could hear that they were getting to be not quite happy with each other for a couple of minutes, and the little one said, they call me Sugar, and so they, he said, Sugar, he said that I'm a loser. And the other one said, no, I did not say he was a loser. I just said that you lost. You know, there's a difference in that. <laughs> there's a difference in saying I lost this one game or I am a loser. There is a difference in that in being labeled by that because if you take on that concept that you're a loser, well, that means you're a loser in every aspect of life. And, of course, here I came. I put on my black and white striped referee, you know, uh, thing to come in there and, you know, settle things down. No, actually, they were okay. We talked about it for a minute. I said, wait a minute. Did he say you were a loser? Well, no, ma'am. I said, but he just said you lost. And then in a few minutes, they're playing a game, and, and that same one that had lost was winning, and he's the younger of the two, and all of a sudden you hear him say, I'm a beast. I'm in beast mode. And I'm like, from one extreme to the other, you know? But we're trying to teach even the little ones, and not just us, their parents are all doing an amazing job with it, you know? And they're, and they're teaching to, you know, profess the positivity, you know? In this situation, it's so amazing. I mean, it's, it's amazing and it's horrifying to think this whole group of people missed out on what they could have had because that they listened to the negative reports and they bought into the lies of the enemy and they didn't even try to take charge themselves. You want to say something yeah, here? I'm, I'm yeah. getting tickled about the, about the boys. They're, they're hysterical. Yeah. But in, in this, your perception about what's being said determines what you're going to believe. If somebody comes to you and says something, you can take it from a negative standpoint or you can turn that thing around to a positive, you know? You know, we've learned in our, in our life, uh, there are some people that it's just not worth hanging around. <laughs> just not, not worth being around them when they walk in the room, you know, they, they sing, sing in gloom, despair, and agony on me, and, you know, deep, dark depression, excessive misery, you know? And, and those people, you, you want to run from, you know, you want to, you don't want to, we want to bless them, we want to love them, but, but you can't hang out with them because all the doom and gloom that is there. After a period of time, it begins to work on you. Mm -hmm. And then you begin to identify yourself by those that are around you. You know, birds of a feather flock together. So it might be a good thing to look at who you're hanging around and listen how they're talking and determine what you've become. Now that, that sounds like a hard, harsh thing there, doesn't it? <laughs> well, well, like I, I was, you know, I'm reading this from my sermon notes to y'all because I don't want to miss out on any of it, but we need to get the losers out of our ears and remember nobody can steal what God has promised you unless you relinquish the authority. And unless you start talking like you have lost the battle, we don't want to do that. If God says that it's my land, I don't care if there are giants everywhere because it means the land is mine because God said it. 
Sometimes things are canceled that we did not even know were intended to happen. People come to the edge of their miracle only to have it canceled by complaint. They keep walking, but they lose the benefit that was waiting there to overtake them. I'm going to go to another story in the Bible that's going to reiterate this same topic. Um, Second, you okay with me keeping on going? Go ahead. Okay. Second Samuel chapter six, verse 13. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. Verse 15, so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as, and, as to the men, and to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. And David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today. Now she was being very sarcastic and disrespectful with the utterances from her mouth. That's very important for us to realize. If you just read this and don't realize what the story's actually laying out here and you don't catch it, that she's being cynical and, 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 and judgmental and sarcastic and ugly and hateful and rude, if you don't realize that, you think that she's praising him, but she's not. She says, how glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. And David said to her, it was before God that I was worshiping and dancing. That's what he's saying. He said, it was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play before the Lord and I will yet be more vile than this and and will be base in mine own sight and of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. Her destiny and the destiny of the seed that was intended to come from her was canceled because of what she said. And you say, Pastor Bev, that's Old Testament. Yeah, that's Old Testament. And it still applies today in the New Testament. It also talks about the importance of what we decree and we say. 
God wants us to understand that if we've been made in the image of him and if he has given to mankind dominion and he says greater things than he did shall we do, he has given us the authority, as I said a while ago, we can speak to a mountain or we can, you know, we can, we can speak to a mountain and cause it to be cast into the sea or we can create a mountain and we can create problems and we can create issues. We have pro- been given authority with our mouth to speak and it concerns me because there are people in my world that it doesn't matter how many blessings they have when you speak to them you're going to hear what you just said gloom despair and agony on me deep dark depression excessive misery you're going to hear all the negativity coming from them Because they refuse to instead say, you know what? I didn't have the best day today. Everything might not have gone the way I wanted it to. I'm not feeling good. I'm running fever. I've just been diagnosed with COVID. But I've got a great God who is a lover of my soul, who has provided for my healing, and he's going to bring me through this situation. That's how we've got to look at the situations. We've got to look at them that way. And we got to understand that, you know, uh, um, I'm try- I can't remember exactly the verse right now and I should know it, but in everything give him thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The word says in everything, in everything I can give thanks. Now, does it mean I'm thanking him for the terrible things that are going on? No, but I'm thanking him because of who he is. I'm praising him because of who he is. And when I praise him because of who he is and I magnify him, I am telling the devil, shut up. I'm silencing, I am stealing the avenger of my soul because I have chosen instead to exalt God rather to exalt the devil and to exalt the problems that he's brought my way. Sometimes when people, ministries begin to focus on um, uh, their, uh, their uh, concept of explaining demonic powers and how the, the devil works, they actually begin to magnify the devil and his power. And they, they, if you're just, you know, if you're not careful, you're listening and you will interpret, wow, we're defeated before we even begin. Man, the devil's got so much power. He's doing this and this and this. I mean, we just might as well give up right now, you know. And, and, and that's not the way it should be presented. We are to be wise as serpents. We are to study to show ourselves approved. We are to have discernment in our lives. We are to understand the workings of the devil, the workings of our enemy. But he has been created. He's not the creator. He does not have all power and dominion at his hands. God does. Our God does. Jesus does. And they have blessed you and I as believers that we can walk in that same level of dominion authority if we'll only focus the right way. God silenced Michael's future because she could not control her mouth in her present. Children represented what was to come in her life. That should have been her future. But God silenced it because she couldn't control her mouth in her present. 
Wow, that's heavy. If it was never planned for Michael to conceive, think about this, because I'm I'm sure somebody's saying, oh, well, she just wasn't supposed to have kids anyway. No, if it was never planned for Michael to conceive, God would not have had to cancel her conception. But he canceled her conception as a judgment for her mouth. Psalm 77 verse 3 says, I remembered God and I was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. If you want to break out of depression, quit complaining. You've got to. We all have to. James chapter 3, and I'll be coming to an end in just a little bit here and and let you take it over. (laughs) I think you're doing all right. James chapter 3 verse 5 says, Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Verse 7, James 3, 7, For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, I told you this while ago, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. We need to start talking to ourselves and decreeing and declaring the greatness and the promises of God, the greatness of our God and the destiny that he has established for our lives. Ephesians 5, 19 says, speaking to yourselves. That's how I'm going to build myself up. Jude talks about it too. You build yourself up by praying in the Holy Ghost. There are times we got to have, you know, even people in the world use this term. You got to have some self-talk. You know, a lot of times Carl and I say, babe, you in there talking to yourself? I'm like, yeah, I'm talking to myself, trying to work it out, trying to figure it out, trying to work it out, you know. And he says, you know what the dangerous thing is if you start answering yourself. (laughs) He said, as long as you're just talking to yourself, it's okay. But don't start answering and replying back and having a whole conversation. Anyway, start talking to yourself. Speaking to yourselves, Ephesians 5.19, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Psalms 8 verse 2 is what I referred to last Tuesday and I started off tonight just by briefly recapping on out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still and again remember that means silence the enemy and the avenger your mouth produces increase or decrease. In Psalms 45, verses 1 and 2, it says, My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men, 
Grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore, God hath blessed thee forever. Use your mouth to speak the truth with wisdom. I know I'm rushing through this, but you can go back and watch this later and hopefully you're getting the verses written down to study. Proverbs 25, 15, by long forbearing is a prince persuaded and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. The message Bible for that verse, this is what it says. Patient persistence pierces through indifference. I just saw that Mel Fayard is watching and Mel, we want you to know that we love you. You and Barbara have been such a blessing and we are praying for you. We have been praying for you for a miracle. I I normally don't notice who's watching while I'm reading scriptures. I just believe the Holy Spirit had me to see that and to let you know we're joining our faith with yours and we're believing God for a miracle on your behalf. We love you and your family. I'm going to get back to the word here, okay? In the Message Bible, Proverbs 25, 15 says, patient persistence pierces through indifference. Gentle speech breaks down rigid defenses. You know, sometimes when we have conflict, you know, in every every living being, it sometimes has conflict with another human being. And the outcome of that all depends on how you approach it. <clears throat> Gentle speech breaks down rigid defenses. If you're wanting an all-out war, well, then you just go ahead and tell them what you think and just light into them. But if you think we need to handle this, but we need to handle it with a peaceful outcome, then you might wait a few days, think about it, plan your approach, plan what you're going to say so that everybody is not sitting there on the defense already. That's just a little bit of extra lanyard counsel that I'm throwing in there. Your mouth feeds your life, Proverbs 20:18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. I know you and I've all felt that. There are sometimes people say things and it just goes through you just like a sword. But the tongue of the wise is health and it brings healing. That's what that's talking about. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Your mouth can bring about deliverance. Proverbs 12, 6, the words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall <coughs> deliver them. And the, the last verse I'm reading from these notes, and then I'm just going to go back and recap on those first two verses again, and then Pastor will share what he's wanting to share with us this evening. Second Chronicles 20, verse 22, And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. The reality is, I do not want the blessings that God has destined for my life to be canceled by complaint. And so, because, you know, once once we have knowledge about something, we're now held accountable. Sometimes I, I, I used to tell, you know, my family, I'd say, well, don't, don't teach me how to do this and that on the computer because then I'm going to be responsible for doing it. I'd rather y'all to just handle it for me. But once we've been taught something, we're now held accountable in that regard. 
And tonight I have unfolded some things from the Word of God here, how that our blessings and our future can be canceled by what we profess. Now that's not what we usually talk about. Typically we're talking about profess and prophesy and decree and declare and it's the joy of the Lord and the joy of the Lord's our strength and let's just run around the room and run around the church and have a Jericho march and shout and all that's true. But sometimes we need to slow down and face some teaching that may cut a little bit against the grain and it might be uncomfortable for the moment when we're hearing it, but this is the word of God and we need to take these truths and apply them to our life so that we can walk in victory and so we can set a pattern for victory within our household, within our family lineage and let them see by the way we live our lives that Things may be going wrong. And as I said at the onset, and if you turned in later and you're going to be like, wow, she's expecting us to do things that are not. No, I'm not expecting you to do anything. God, this is the word of God. This is what God's telling us to do. But irregardless, he's not giving us things to do that are impossible. When we have a problem, we're going to sit down and talk about it. We've had to sit down and talk about problems. If we got a, a health diagnosis, we had to sit and talk about it. You know, it, you know, Garland's had to have several angiograms. He's, he's had a stent, and then one stent collapsed, and they had to put another stent inside of another stent, you know, in the first stent. It, you know, we've had some issues. You know, I suffered a stroke. He mentions it a few times on here. I suffered a major stroke. I'm not supposed to be able to use the left side of my body at all. I shouldn't be able to speak the way I'm able to speak and pronounce my words correctly and, and I shouldn't be able to walk. That's what they told us. And so we, we've had to sit and you have to talk about some of the negative things. Does that mean we're sinning against God because we're talking? No, we're being real and we're living life, but we're not going to stay there. Even when I was in the hospital with the stroke, if people came in the room and were speaking anything negative, Garland asked people to leave the room, whether they liked it or not. He wasn't rude in it, and it wasn't his heart to be rude, but we understand and have had the teaching, and we understand the power of our words and the importance of what we speak, speaking life and death. And so, yes, you may have challenges. I'm not condemning you today. We've got challenges all around us, and there are times we need to sit down and talk through our challenges. We have people in our sphere, in our circle, in, in our church that are um, uh, uh, credentialed therapists and, and, and are licensed to give counseling to people. And we know that people need to sit down and talk about their issues, but we need to talk about it in the regards of knowing there is a hope and there is a expected end and there is breakthrough coming. And as we talk about the challenges, we're not going to elevate those challenges above our declarations of how big and great and awesome and mighty our God is. Uh, Psalms 8 verse 2 and Matthew 21 16, this is basically the same thing being said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast, thou hast perfected praise and we can still or silence the enemy and the avenger. And so that's my heart for you. I know that there's crazy things happening everywhere. I mean, when our grandsons are at the house, we don't turn the news on at all. And after they leave, we're like, we need to check out the news 
just to see what's going on in the world. Has anything changed or is it still the same or what's going on? We'll turn on the news for a little bit and just a little bit. You can feel that the enemy's trying to bring that negativity in there and we're like, enough of that, turn it off. You know, I remember the first few weeks of the quarantine, we, we didn't go anywhere other than we'd get in the car and just drive around the neighborhood just make circles around the neighborhood because we wanted to get out and go do something, but we were trying to be in compliance with what was expected and required of us and, and all, but we were trying to stay as positive as we could, you know, and we were spending that time together and focusing on each other and, and focusing on the Lord. And um, we're, we're just encouraging you in that. I'm not, I, I just want to make sure that people don't think, because I'm very big on not wanting people to get under condemnation because we've dealt with so many that allowed themselves to get under condemnation and we see how that binds a person and they can't find their victory. So nothing that I'm saying has an intent to bring anyone under condemnation, but it is to wake us up and let us realize that no matter how bad it is, we've got God and we've got a great destiny ahead of us and we've got great future on the horizon. We've got a great revival that is yet forthcoming that you and I are alive today and we're going to have ability to help be a part of what God's doing in the land today. Well, great teaching. Thank you. Good word today. You know, you, you can go back and rehearse this uh, program tonight and look at it and, and write some things down. I think this is very important that we begin to look at how we speak. You know, it's, it's not your dictation or, or anything like that, but the words that are coming out of your mouth begins to really shape your future, shapes the direction that you're going in. You know, the Word tells us in Genesis that God created us in His likeness, and, in the, in, in, and when He created us in His likeness, we're able to speak things into existence. Now, hear what I'm saying. We're not, we're not a creator but we can create our world. God spoke the world into existence. Amen. And our little world that we live in, we're actually speaking our destiny by what we're proclaiming and what we're declaring. And as she was reading about David and, and Micah, how that she was, she was mocking David in his worship and mocking him in his praise, and God shut her womb that she was not able to produce a child. I, I, I believe that our destiny needs to be so important to us that we guard what we say Amen. about ourselves Amen. and about others. Amen. So, so tonight, the, the message has been very strong, been very powerful. It's not to bring condemnation. The Word says that Jesus, in his comments, he says, I would, I, I've not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. The word says that the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Condemnation is a force that comes from the enemy to get you so down and so low that you don't feel worthy or you don't feel like you're capable of getting out from under your situation. But when God brings conviction to our heart, and I, and I have to say that conviction and condemnation in our emotions feel the same. Mm -hmm. but they're two total different things. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Condemnation comes from the devil. And if you're condemning yourself over whatever it might be, get out from under your condemnation, mm -hmm. yield to the conviction of God, yes. and change it. Amen. 
Change your direction. Change where you're going. Come out from among. Come out from the place where you're dwelling. Uh, Bev, Bev was, was talking about uh, uh, the d- dwelling place, and, and in the definition it says a, a place of decay. A lot of people have a tendency to linger in an area of decay, mm. and they see no hope for a future because everything around them is decaying. Yes. That's time to pack your bags and get out and move. Yeah. <clears throat> and if conversations that you're having with others are not lifting you up, you might want to choose your friends more wisely. Mm. Because the world says birds of a feather, they flock together. So you become what you associate with. And if what you're hearing, the people that you hang out with, what you're hearing them say, doesn't come in alignment with the word of God, it might be that you need to choose someone that's going to speak life to you instead of oppressing you. You know, tonight's message here, I think, has been very good. And I believe that we can make changes in our life. You know, we've got a lot of things that are taking place around us. My, uh, go back to my grandchildren. My oldest grandson <laughs> was, was with his uh, grandparents in Texas, and Brandon and Rochelle went there, and, and um, Maddox decided while he was in Texas, under the restrictions of COVID, he wanted to learn how to play the bass. My, my thoughts are for us, if in the restrictions that we have been in, if we haven't added to our life mm. from a better aspect, then we missed a great opportunity. And you know what? It might not be over. It might still have, you might still have time to add quality to your life, to be able to learn a new craft, to learn uh, 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 how to do other things than what you're doing. It might open up a door for you for another job, a better job. You know, I, I was so proud of him and and uh, they, their church is in a 21 day of fasting and at 6 o'clock in the morning they go in there and they're leading praise and worship. So last Friday we went and attended their service that morning and uh, my two grandchildren led praise and worship. Mm-hmm. And I watched my, my oldest grandson that is what he's nine nine, <laughs> nine years old, playing a bass <laughs> and getting lost in <laughs> worshiping God. <laughs> and I will tell you, there's nothing, not a better feeling for a grandparent or even a parent to watch your children praising and worshiping, and even the younger one up there singing his heart out. I, I thought it was incredible. But what he did was he decided he was going to add to himself under all of the restrictions. Now, now, depending on how we look at things, we can look at things as, oh, no, we've got another day. I've got to stay trapped in this place. I can't go anywhere, can't do anything, all this kind of stuff. Or you can take the initiative and begin to learn something new. Be creative with where you're going. Mm-hmm. Add to your life. Right. If we're not adding to our life, we're either sitting in a place decaying mm-hmm. or we're going backwards. Right. Let's go forward. Let's move in what God has for us. Mm -hmm. And let's do the thing that God has us to do and watch what God will perform in our life as we take the initiative to bring change to our life. Amen.
Tonight's message, I think, has been very good. It's good to see each of you here tonight. And I, I pray and I know that this message has been something that strikes the hearts of people. And sometimes we don't want to hear messages like this, but it's good to hear them. It's good to apply them to our life so that we can get beyond where we are. We're praying for you, and we're believing that God has great things in store for you. Don't get discouraged. Don't get down. Encourage yourself in the Lord as David did in 1 Samuel chapter 30. He encouraged himself in the Lord, and his life at that moment, the way it seemed to be doom and gloom for him, began to change, and he recovered all and took the spoils. I say this. Conquer your giants and take the spoils. Amen. God bless you. We're playing, praying for you, and we believe in God has great things in store for you. And conquer your giants and take the 